Conversations of Grace, where we talk about important things that impact everyday lives. Our aim is to encourage Christians to think biblically and talk about Jesus. And today, I don't know if that's true or a lie. I don't know if we're talking about (laughs) things that impact everyday life or not. Because the question that we're asking today is, uh, aliens for real? No. Uh, what is the Should question? Christians be open to the possibility of aliens? <laughs> That's the question. And I am. And so... look, maybe, maybe not now, but you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far away, it might have been a, a live question. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. Well, I'm. I think it's hilarious, and just just for what it's worth, for everyone who's listening, like Chris, mm. this was your idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this. Um, yeah, I'm into it. I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to talking too. So we'll jump in in a second. So what what's been happening for you? What's what's going on? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's kind of you know it's that crazy uh, season of uh, COVID kind of disruption with the Omicron wave. I feel like I'm the guy. You know that scene in the Matrix where all the bullets come at at yeah. the I think it's the agent and he just sort of dodges. Keanu. So I, I in fact had this. I was last week at a, a conference <laughs> for my my work. This is the and, most glamorous expression oh, of big COVID setup. life I've big ever had. <laughs> I was I was at this conference for work and uh, sat next to a, a friend, a colleague, uh, and he was wearing a mask all day, and uh, a number of us may or may not have been, um, and uh, then. Wait, the next wait, morning, wait, wait. not everyone follows the mask rules. Is that what you say? Uh, hey. <laughs> you you said it, not me. Um, I don't know what things are like where you are. But we're all very compliant. Oh dear. Um, anyway, he he stayed away then the next day because his wife and young child tested positive for COVID. Oh man! Uh, and I'm thinking, oh great, uh, have kind of sat next to someone who may well have exposed me and. <laughs> Uh, my kids are starting their first week at a new school and oh, and so we sort of organised a thing for me to sort of stay a bit distant from my family and until the work conference was over and, you know, do the, the testing as required and get a PCR to clear me at the end of the week, uh, assuming that it was all okay. And there was a bit of an anxious day as then again on the Wednesday, the colleague who had been sitting next to me tested positive himself and we're thinking, uh-oh, it's only a matter of time. But... Amazingly, or whatever, maybe my you know my three doses really were doing their thing. No COVID yet. I'm I'm dodging. That's I'm, good. The, I'm that I'm that agent, <laughs> and the bullet the COVID's in slow motion. And and I bet you next time we talk, I will not have you dodged at all. Yeah, you will be Yeah. <laughs> but so far, what about for you? What's been going on? Well, new job, new church, everything like that. One, actually a really fun thing, like we are uh, moving here from Melbourne to Adelaide. We sold a car and uh, we're a one-car family now. Mm. And uh, so One car, one studio even. Still <laughs> <laughs> in the, the mobile right. podcast studio. Let's not talk about that. But <laughs> it's, if I sold both cars, I would have no way to record it. this podcast right it. now. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm riding to work. I'm riding my bike to work. Nice. But I'm riding like an e-bike. It's a cruiser. It's like oh, wow. the, and Adelaide's like flat anyway. Like no, no, no. There's hills here, dude. Like oh yeah, sure. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I had to get the most powerful e-bike I could. 
So like I would get to right. work riding up hills like mm. like without sweating. That was my yes, whole okay. that was my whole thing. So dude, I'm okay. I'm loving it. I'm like mm. cruising around in this yeah, like it's like you're what? living in the future. <laughs> what, what Could encounter aliens at any moment. <laughs> All right, that, we're segueing. <laughs> we're segueing into that. That was it. That was it. All right, so let's just do this. I can't wait to hear what you're going, what you're going to say about aliens, right? Yeah, sure. Should Christians sure. be open to aliens? I mean, that's a, that's not a bad question because I'm – look, all right, I think it's hilarious that we're talking about this. Right, right. And I don't know, man, like our – <laughs> I don't uh, even know what. Yeah, to sure. Say I mean, it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it at one level, and I think didn't we get talking about it? Partly, it's kind of topical. So I've, I've been following the best thing on Instagram, right? Which is Percy, the Mars rover, right? Short for per- Perseverance. So the, the latest Mars mission. <laughs> you can see photos on Instagram. You know, updated every few days. There was a period where it was kind of you, we weren't getting them because the planet had turned and we weren't getting signals and then, then now we're getting okay. fresh footage and it's collecting samples and there's a multi-stage mission. They're going to send more yeah. things up there to be able to then f- launch a rocket from Mars back to us. Does this with ever mean anything, these things that happen? I've lost interest. I've lost, does this ever mean anything? Like, Well, I mean, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, NASA thinks it, it, it's going to mean something or negative. could mean something, yeah. right, in that they, they have – employed a bunch or or got together a group of theologians to work out and help them work out some sort of response for making sense in faith kind of terms of the potential impact of discovering life because one of the things they're wondering about is you know was there water on mars and if there was water was there organic life there was some studies <laughs> from say, early early it samples water. it was kind of organic <laughs> chemicals and and so, you know, there, is there evidence, not not current life on Earth, it's not like the rover's going to kind of crest the next ridge and there's going to be all the kind of grey aliens there waiting to greet. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a different sort of level of thing. But it's a possibility, right? And right. It, it kind of cracks the door open for some of the broader possibilities that have sort of fascinated people for a long time. Right, um, right. And so I just, you know, it's it's kind of topical it's happening now and it's there's there's a sort of chink of the door open, I think. Okay. Okay. Mm. Convince me. Convince me. Mm. Well, okay. He, let, you want to be convinced. Here we go. Well, so, uh, yeah, look. I, no, you've got questions. So you've got questions. jumped from we've got images to theologians. Like, is that? Well, I, yeah, who knows? I mean, I don't know. Water, I don't actually, do they need someone to baptize people? Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? Well, it's, it's about you know what what would the possibility of life if we or, or the reality if we encountered evidence of life beyond Earth? What might that challenge about how we view ourselves? Um, you know, it's, it's, it is a sense it's another version of that kind of age old story that gets told about the the clash or the conflict between science and faith. You know, the sort of yeah is is. The, the view of faith that that human beings and the earth are at the center of the universe and yet hang on we discover that actually the earth orbits the sun and so it's not and and the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just much bigger picture and what does that mean about how we see ourselves are we maybe less yeah, yeah, special yeah. Is, is some of what the bible says maybe we should just shelve that because actually that's that assume does it assume and and the argument is it assumes a kind of 
very narrow, human-centered yeah. view of life and the universe that that doesn't speak to the the context we live in, broader and bigger and and wackier that that is. And that's the kind of story that gets told, and then that's the fear that's there. And it's even that you know that movie uh, Contact, the alien movie. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Worst movie. Like mm-hmm. just I, I, I want to spoil good, it. Like, no, I want to spoil it for our listeners it. because it's just so bad. Uh, I just oh no, I'm not going to. But <laughs> but one of the things in that movie. Think, how many is how many of our listeners do you think are going? I was oh, about to go and watch content. That's right. Yeah, that this movie from <laughs> from 25 years ago. I just oh, you wrecked it. You wrecked it. It was early McConaughey, <clears throat> right? <laughs> Sorry, it's early McConaughey, right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yep. Kind I haven't seen it, but I know that. Before he got sort of really grim and <laughs> um, it, my, my wife has a theory that uh, actors, particularly male actors, they have this the kind of pre-getting beaten up in a movie phase and then then there's after they've been beaten up in a movie. So, you know, Brad Pitt and then Fight Club and then and she reckons the attractiveness of said male actors it's changes dramatically. Depending on whether that. they've been beaten up? They've been beaten up, yeah. Yeah. I like this theory. This is we're going to test this. Anyway, this is not really relevant to Alien. <laughs> no, <it's but> no. <laughs> other than Matthew I'm, McConaughey is in that movie, Jodie Foster, <laughs> and one of the things that gets dramatized in Contact is this conflict between faith and science. Right, okay. so they're they're kind of just decoding messages yeah. that they believe have been sent from life outside of our galaxy, and and the whole issue of like they do it. They they actually bring on faith kind of people. McConaughey's a He's a minister, oh, right? And wow. and this idea that they're going to we're going to need the help of theologians to make sense of this. They did um, it in contact. So NASA is imitating art. Yeah, yeah, I think for so. real. Yeah, wow. Well, and 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 it does that right. And you know, like lots of sci-fi things. So now my wife and I are watching a sci-fi series at the moment that features a a, a preacher and theologian really? kind of. As part of it, and so it's kind of a it's interesting how how much it features in. You kind of would think we're imagining ourselves into a, a kind of distant future, a highly scientific, technological, mm-hmm. and yet the questions of mm-hmm. meaning, yeah, significance, faith, right? Uh, they just they're huge. They they loom almost larger. And, and that certainly happens in this movie and there's a conflict, a head-on collision between um, certain people's interpretation of faith and what they fear the science might be meaning and they want to sabotage it. And So, you know, it's, yeah. it's a thing. It's a thing that kind of just there's something lurking there that yeah. there's, a, there's a sense of threat for some people around what, what it would mean to mm-hmm. dislodge us from, from this place of significance or... Mm. Centrality, yeah, in the story we believe about life. I mean, I, I get in, I, I get flashbacks to like uh, Year Eleven Galileo, right? That's what we're talking right, about, right, 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 this, right. This yeah, earth which, which you know, we'll talk about this on another podcast. Okay. But like Galileo, uh, highly layered with myth and the story, the actual story that the history books tell, the history tells is not such a neat little, you know, backwards benighted faith trying to cling to power versus Uh the fearless, bold, scientific kind of enlightenment that pushes back the boundaries and it's that that story that gets played popularly is is quite a long way from the actual uh, facts of the case. But that's that's kind of another. Yeah, we should talk about that because that's actually, I don't know, that's 
so common. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, huge, oh, huge. Oh, all right. Okay. I'll be, I'll be, I'll stop being silly, right? <laughs> Even though I think it's a funny, it's a funny question. But yeah. I'll be honest. If I play out in my mind the whole thing about aliens or aliens real, I do wonder the implications of that, of what I believe about God and the way that he has right. interacted with us. I do wonder. Yes, that. yes, yes. Yeah. Sincere, that's true. I do wonder. That, well, that, that is the question, right? That's the question under this question, I think. Yeah. And all the, the ways it might spin out. I, um, I feel funny when Christians say, "I look, I don't mind if there's aliens, you know, God can mm. do that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel weird about that. I don't know why. I don't even know why I do. Surely that he's, if the God that I know and believe in, all of those things, if he's as big mm, as I mm. believe he is, surely that's mm. within the realm of possibilities, mm, all of mm. that. But, yeah, I, I think when you talk about the, I don't know, the threat or whatever. whatever right. right. The, the, you feel that. Yeah, yeah, the fear that, yeah. that yeah. the implications of what that means. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. Well, can I take you to something from the Bible that maybe <laughs> pokes that fear? <laughs> Please. Right? So just waiting so, for you to go, there's this passage about aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, uh, some people think there is. There are passages. Is it 1 so Peter or 2 Peter? There's sort of like references, right, to some mysterious uh, figures. Oh, uh, well, yes, yeah, so that there's kind of maybe. Uh, the, the Nephilim the one I, are pretty like Oh, right, right. Weird, okay, so there's right? these these, like, these figures from the, the Old Testament story that are sort yeah. of lurking on the fringes of oh, their kind of humanity. You know, what are they described? They're described as the the sons of God. Yes, um, that come it. and have daughters with the children of men. Right, right, and, right, right. And uh, you know, they're they're giants and they're heroes and they're but there's you know this like half a verse about them. Right, they're kind of really right, right. so we skip over you know, that. They're on the very blurry edge <laughs> of the picture, right? But uh, there, there's another there's another passage that springs to mind that I've I've seen actually picked up in science fiction literature before, which is uh, in the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel uh, sees a vision of God, the, they call it the chariot throne of God. It's this kind of, this is enormous angels that are sort of uh, like living creatures with multiple sort of heads and um, wheels within wheels and they're covered in eyes all over. This is a joke I love to make at Christmas when it's like <laughs> I, I want to see an actual like biblically accurate angel on the top of a Christmas tree, like this weird sort of fiery rings within rings covered in eyes all over, like none of this like woman in white robes and wings kind of, yeah. 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 Uh, and and so some people have said, well, you know, eye, covered in eyes all over, think about it, right? Think mm-hmm. about the traditional sort of image of a, of a UFO mm-hmm. with all the little kind of circle light, sort of circles all yeah. over and, yeah. and you know, is, did Ezekiel see a UFO? Yeah. And there's people who've sort of picked that up. and um, There are? No, I don't, I don't think that's true actually. That uh, The imagery actually that Ezekiel is drawing on is was common at the time. He was he was speaking at a period of time in, in Israel's history when the people had been taken out of their land into, a, into exile in Babylon and the kind of imagery he uses is all borrowed from the context of their exile in Babylon from the way the, the gods and whatever were described in that context. And, and so he's it's trying to make the kind of point the Bible often makes, which is, look, you, you know these things as kind of things that you worship and fear and they're gods, 
well, actually, if they're anything, they're subservient to the true God. Um, and this this kind of point gets made all, in all sorts of different ways in, in yeah. from Genesis one onwards. Actually, I think. But the they're Bible. borrowing. He's borrowing from. You're saying he's mm-hmm. borrowing from somewhere. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. where he's borrowing from, have, is it possible they saw you? Well, <laughs> look, maybe, and certainly you could watch any number of documentaries that will <laughs> documentaries. explore how you know the pyramids could only have it's yeah. such a highly technological thing that only you know a super advanced kind of intelligence alien life could have done it, and yeah. um, this kind of thing. But you know, like I think, sure, that's interesting, and maybe maybe is part of the story, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about if if there is life elsewhere why haven't we had yeah very significant encounters with it and one of the answers to that is yeah maybe we have and we just haven't recognized it as such okay um maybe <laughs> so there's there's kind of one thing for you there but anyway but the real the passage i wanted to go to right the one that i think pokes actually that fear that you named of what does this do to to our view Hang of on. ourselves before and, you go there i just want to make a point you right. bring, so i realize now you're saying just by bringing up Elijah's vision, I mean, sorry, Ezekiel's vision. Ezekiel, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've tried to picture that vision in my head a number of times because yes. it is so strange, right? Wacky, wacky. And, and I do really think that as us sort of modern-day mm. Christians, we mm. uh, we gloss over the wacky, like mm. The, mm. the extremities of some of these things and how mm. sort of significantly and maybe even weird they are. We joke yeah. about them. We do all that sort of stuff. We try and normalize it in our own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's something in that. There's something in embracing right. the the far yeah. out feeling yeah. that comes from taking yes, these things yes. at face value, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Right. So yeah. I'm, I like that you brought that up. I'm still not convinced about the alien thing. Sure. Like no, and I'm not up. sure it is. And I think I've suggested I don't think that's particularly what's going on there. I know in, you're in not Ezekiel. saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, but you're not getting it fired do, for saying and maybe Ezekiel's there's something, talking yeah. about aliens. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, But the passage I really want to take us to is Psalm 8, yeah. right? So yep. so the, the book of Hebrew poetry, uh, the, the kind of praise and worship manual, the, the book of common prayer for uh-huh. for the ancient Israelites, right? And this there's a psalm about human beings, uh-huh. And their place in in God's the universe God has made. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to read it, and, it. and I think uh, it's quite. A, we need to hang our reflections on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Psalm eight, Lord our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth! You've covered the heavens with your majesty. From the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you've established a stronghold on account of your adversaries, in order to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is a human being that you remember him, a son of man that you look after him? You made him little less than God and crowned him with glory and honour. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all the sheep and oxen as well as the animals in the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea that pass through the currents of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. Mm, it's good. And so I think, I mean, one thing I find just really profound about this, this piece of, of poetry as it reflects on the human being in God's world is there's a kind of, there's a few things going on. There's a kind of tension and there's, there's dynamism. It's not, it's not a static picture. Right, that there's a, an affirmation actually that, and a surprise 
that the the songwriter expresses about you know I look I look at the universe from my perspective here on the earth I look at observe the heavens the moon and the stars which the writer is convinced are the work of God's own fingers I look at them and it makes me wonder it makes me go what what is a human being that you remember him or in some translations you pay attention to them, mm-hmm. a son of man that you look after them. This whole question that actually the every time science kind of blows the the sense of the world we inhabit and its complexity and intricacy and vastness blows that open for us. You know whether it's through the latest kind of telescope that's been launched into space that's going to pick up pick up and take us further and help us see more or whether it's through the kind of study of the intricacies of of atoms and mo- molecules and and microbes and and things every time we get this glimpse into the just how how far beyond us the universe is the thing that i wonder is the thing that the the writer of this psalm wonders which is what are we what possible significance could we have when we're a nothing we're this tiny speck on a speck that's that's not significant at all. We're we just one among many creatures, a, a, a tiny piece of a almost infinite cosmos. Yeah, that that's just so far beyond us. It leaves us right. And yet the psalm turns. That's that that is true. Yeah, human beings are just part of a much bigger picture. Right. Yeah, not that significant really in considered in and of ourselves. And yet because of Something God has done. You made what God made you, what God did. You made human beings little less than God and you crowned them with glory and honour and you made them ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet Uh, and there's a kind of this specialness that comes not from our intrinsic kind of just we're, we're the best, we're the, we're the you know, it, the most designed to be the most evolutionarily successful organism or just, you know, entitled to own and exploit. But actually through an act of God, through God's paying attention to us in this completely surprising and astonishing way, insignificant as we are, yeah, we've been given this special status and role, and right, uh, right, by virtue of our relationship with God. Yeah, and so there's yeah. this kind of dynamism that I think at once it affirms that sort of fear and that hunch and that what, what if what if we're not alone in the universe? What yeah, if we're yeah, not? Yeah. What if we're not the the most important thing or the only? Th- and and to say, well, we're not the only thing. Actually, the Bible affirms that mm. we're really not. We're we're one creature among a vast multitude of a infinitely creative God. Mm-hmm. And so is there a possibility there would be life not just on this planet? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Hmm. And yet there's this special thing that God has done, has moved towards. And you see you see this over and over again in the story of the Bible. God moves towards uh, individuals and, and a nation and people, human beings get this special attention and love from God that doesn't cancel out or mean that God doesn't pay any attention to the rest of the world and and care about it, and yet yet there's something about what God has chosen and in love uh, made happen um, that that's 
sits alongside our kind of cosmic insignificance. And, and just on that, just on that Psalm 8 reference, Hebrews mm. 2 takes that and has a yeah, new perspective to it in, in the way that we even understand yeah. who Jesus is. Yeah, so that's it, right. It takes yeah. it to that level as well. Yes. But let me clarify something here. So I know this is what you're saying, but I need to say it in my own way. So mm. I like to go for walks and, mm. and mm. you know, just look at creation, you know. Like mm. I like to – it doesn't have to be in a, in a special setting. It can just be down the street. Yeah. Even just leaves on the ground I, blow my mind. Mm. I know that sounds mm. funny, but I, when I see a leaf on the ground, I, I just think look at the intricate veins within the leaf and it blows my mind that – that mm. God is able even just to waste, let these things die at our feet and we walk on top of them. We don't notice how amazing all, the, all of his works are, right? These things overwhelm me. I look at the clouds, it overwhelms me. I look at hill, mm. beautiful mm. Hill, hillsides that overwhelm, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Mm. That's, I think, maybe what the Bible talks about, like a holy fear, right? Yeah. yeah. Are, you saying, are you saying the concept of alien life fits within that? Well, well, I guess it's supposed maybe. to overwhelm me with a holy fear or, or in another if way. If it does, if it does, if if that prospect of maybe maybe the universe is way more crowded than we thought, maybe there's forms of life that are totally different from anything we're acquainted with. Maybe maybe there's there's other species out there of in, intelligence. Mm-hmm. That could produce in us that kind of sense of threat, and oh, are we not that special after all? <laughs> are we? And and that overwhelming sense of whoa, there's some, and that would be okay. Yeah, in a biblical perspective, according to the psalmist, this right now this would fit within that. Yeah, just to clarify kind of, that we're yeah. talking in hypotheticals, right? Yeah, sure. I, unless you know something I, I don't know. Unless no, I don't know. I don't. No, 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 no. I know nothing. <laughs> unless there <laughs> was not, a tweet I missed from yeah. NASA. Sure. This, this evening, you know, sure. like, or I mean, I mean, if you're in on the conspiracy like me, then you know, like, but no, but no, right? We're talking in hypotheticals, which means that we can we can apply this to any type of hypothetical situation. Ultimately, we right. could we could right, let right. that. We, it's almost like we need to let our imagination guide some of the way that we. I don't right. know. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, there's there's something in that. I don't know what the end of sure. that sentence is, but uh, this is hypothetical. But what uh-huh. you're saying is it's the potential um, threat, the potential sort of fear, right? Well, just and I, I guess fear is a fear is a particularly negative response to this. Maybe there's a sense. That's of what I'm awe saying. You're twisting it or humility with perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and yet, there's a confidence as well. A kind of yeah, maybe we could engage in that imaginative work and even the exploratory work that scientists do, whether whether sending you know, things to collect samples on, on other planets or just exploring in all the, the kind of fascinating ways scientists do, right. that we can go about that with a, a degree of confidence. And actually, interestingly, and this is part of the Galileo kind of complication story, many, if not most, of the kind of early modern scientists who led the way in all, all sorts of discoveries did so on the not not in contradiction to or defiance of their faith commitments, but on the on the basis of those commitments shaped by the Bible about a, a, an ordered creation, a, a, whether because of a creator who's trustworthy and reliable, the patterns and laws are predictable, 
and can be studied and and actually accessed by the human mind to to some extent at least in ways that were just unthinkable prior to that worldview really getting into our our heads and hearts and what the philosophers call our our social imaginary right. really shaping shaping us and and a big part of what made that happen and go go really wide and deep and and popular in the at least the western mind was the the protestant reformation mm-hmm. right and so it's an interesting story that galileo came into conflict with with the catholic church yeah yeah at the very time when there were people theologically yeah. In conflict with the Catholic Church. That's so funny. And yeah. if Galileo had kind of been across the ditch in England, for example, where where the Reformation had sort of unfolded, then could have been quite a different story. And in fact, we have we have people from the time kind of playing with that idea and exploring that and wondering. As I say, there's a kind of the confidence to to embark on the journey of discovery and and science and be curious about the universe. Yeah. Um, didn't only find a kind of wet blanket as it did in some quarters, but actually found um, significant fuel and yeah. prompting from. Um, now that we're talking about this, I feel like there's so many ways that we could spin this conversation. Like that, that sure. I think we need to almost like mm. uh, in regard to the way that science, the way that we come sort of mm. in a modern sense to understand science and and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. faith and the way that they relate together. I think there's some big questions to ask there. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to throw a curveball here at you now. I've got an, I, I want right. to hear another take from you then, right? Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, so the idea of incarnation, so, or, you know, like yes. this Jesus became man, right? Mm, mm. He came to us, um, for us, for our own good, for our benefit. Yes. Okay, then how does that relate to then? Yeah, if yeah, yeah. If we're aliens, then how do we understand incarnation or other right. yeah, yeah, yeah. well and like, this is this is a key it's a key question that that uh theologians wrestle with um, you mean alien theology yeah yeah so is there uh, an alien the guy, theology that i don't know totally about? totally so the guy who's the the principal of st john's college in durham in the uk how, why do he, i not know about this this massively is, into this into aliens uh, and well, yeah, he's written a book about SETI, you know, the kind of no. uh, the search for extraterrestrial life project, no way. and which features in Contact, so you would know if you'd seen oh, it. Oh, I've got to watch the movie. Uh, and, and, and he's, he's, kind, of, <laughs> he's, he's this is kind of his area, if you like, and he's one of the, the people, I believe, on the committee that NASA has together. Uh, there's, there's a group called BioLogos, which uh, Francis Watson who, you know, Human yeah, Genome Project right. and has been a big advocate of vaccines and things, mm-hmm. a little bit controversial in the last couple of weeks on Twitter. Okay. Um, but his successor at Biologos, uh, Deborah Hasma, I think I've got that right in terms of how to say it, she's she's written about this. You can Google kind of articles about alien life. And she talks about, you know, theologians have wrestled with what would it mean for the incarnation? What would it mean for thinking about God becoming a human being right. in Jesus and there's different schools of thought on this, and and you're probably channeling as well, like C.S. Lewis. Um, uh-huh. So he famously, well, not famously, he's famous for the Narnia books, right? Right. But right. he also wrote some science fiction. Yeah. Um, I believe he had a competition with with J.W.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings guy, right? Hmm. I think because they were mates. Yeah. Uh, they used to smoke pipes together and uh-huh. probably record podcasts from cars and things. <laughs> the equivalent. Yeah. Equivalent. I'll take this as a, the biggest compliment anyone's ever given yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And and they uh, they had a competition. They said they were like, okay, we both have done fantasy books. Could we do science fiction? 
Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and one of those Lewis wrote the a whole series. Lewis wrote a, seri- a, a trilogy, I think, yeah. of science fiction books visiting other planets. And Tolkien wrote a short story that's terrible. Oh. <laughs> and he's basically <laughs> basically time travel back to Middle Earth is how it goes. And it's bad. <laughs> I've read back it. On Middle Earth. I've read all I've read all the Tolkien stuff. It's bad. I haven't read any. Uh, I've read any yeah, and so, I haven't read any so C. S. Lewis. Lewis Lewis won, hands down, right? Right. And one of the things he he toys with in this science fiction series is kind of multiple incarnations. So that could among a different species on a different planet would God have been incarnate in a different way, not not in Jesus the human being but in a different form because God wants to meet us on our terms and, and you know, move into our neighbourhood, connect with us and and does that with all the creatures. of. But then others say, no, 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 that's not true, even, the, even if there might be um, aliens, they're not fallen like human beings are. They haven't <laughs> kind of rejected God and so there's no need for an incarnation or even if they are fallen, maybe it's like, and this you referred to to Peter and the angels, right? Yeah. Mentions fallen angels, yeah. uh, which it picks up from some literature from between the Old Testament and the yes, New Testament. Sure, sure. And the idea, well, sure, there's, there could be beings that are fallen that aren't human, but the thing about fallen angels is there's no incarnation as an angel, there's no redemption for them, there's... You know, and this is we're working out some pretty obscure theology here. Sure, it's very obscure, right? And not many verses to base it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so really have to hold it super lightly. I think, as I say, it's like really edge of the frame, blurry, out of focus stuff. But where does it come to? Where does it land then with this incarnation? Because to me, like. Yeah. So much emphasis on the gospel message of Jesus yeah. coming to yeah, us. Yeah. He's become, you know, he, yes. he, he lives yes. the life that I couldn't live, right? Like yes, yes, that, yes. You know well, and, and even more than that, it, he lives a life that we couldn't live and he dies in our place and then is raised, right? Yes. And he, when he's raised, he's different. So, you know, you see, you see in the stories of Jesus' encounters with people after the resurrection, there's something a bit kind of mysterious he can appear and not be recognised. He can appear in locked rooms. He can disappear. Um, there's there's a kind of difference to him, and yet he's the same. He's he's so much the same that he can say to Thomas, "Look at my hands and my side. Put your hand here. Touch me. See, I'm the same person, the same one that you knew." And that's that's really important, I think, and and speaks to your concern, uh, at least my hunch on this whole question of. Could there have been multiple incarnations? Is well, no, because the the human man Jesus of Nazareth is not separate from God the Son. Actually, and particularly after the resurrection, we see he doesn't. The God the Son doesn't shed the human sort of person of Jesus and and could go off and be incarnate in a different way in a different right, right. species. But actually, at God's right hand in heaven is the human being who is also God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so still now, and so there's not a possibility of a kind of a a different incarnation, an incarnation in another, another, an alien species or something. Mm. I need to let this sink in. Mm. This is (laughs) like... I'm hearing you say these things, and I'm like, "Are you bringing the gospel to bear on my alien theology?" <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm trying. I'm trying. I like. No, I love it. I love. Yeah. It. This is like yeah. the extent of like 
ultimate skill here, man. <laughs> well, it's a bit pardon me. It's been hand fisted. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I, I think I'm hearing what you were saying. Like mm. the way that you say it, to me, I kind of feel like I can ridicule ridicule the whole concept of alien life mm. form, mm. all that sort of stuff. But mm. everything that I hear, what you're saying is this is a matter of confidence. In yeah, it's a matter of confidence and yeah. and confidence that frees us to be able to yeah, that's do right. all things that are. It's, it's not a confidence that requires us to sort of cover our eyes and block our ears and no, we don't want to know anything about this because it might up unseat this. Yeah, uh, our confidence. But wow, I'm so confident in that I can be. I can be curious. I can be open to this possibility. Yeah. Wow, we could discover it, and it could be. Really weird and wacky. You put me onto this, actually. It's the movie Arrival. I, I, I did oh, yeah. my research. Did you watch it? Fascinating, right? Totally fascinating. These yeah. aliens appear that are not humanoid at all and don't even operate in human ways. And, you know, I, I found it just quite a cool, you know, it's, it's like aliens turn up on Earth and instead of having a kind of Independence Day, let's fight them and yeah. blow them up. Yeah. Or, or the kind of contact or interstellar sort of, it's completely weird and was it even real? Yeah. Like it's just a it's an encounter with a completely different species that yeah. functions radically differently from from the way we do. And what would it mean to kind of open up the line of the channels of communication? Yeah. And what would that mean for us and and So what uh, are you saying about that? Kind what? of totally fascinating. Yeah. Well well that that if that's one of those possibilities, you know, and may, actually I, I what I liked about Arrival is that that depiction of alien life in terms that are not just oh uh, they're basically humans but like painted kind of <laughs> blue or something. Yes. Um, okay, that's really wacky and really challenging. And it, and in the movie, some of the challenge of that and the transformation it brings plays out in some just totally fascinating ways. Yeah. And I kind of think on the basis of the confidence we've been talking about. That the the kind of biblical story that centers on Jesus, the confidence that gives us, wouldn't mean that I would have to kind of no 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 I don't want to know anything about this if if that kind of encounter was to happen. But wow, fascinating! We could explore that. I had a friend at when I was at theological college, and he said to me, he, "This is the way he put it. He's like, you know what? If Jesus had been in science class, he would have been sitting in the front row." leaning forward, just every new discovery that's brought forward going, check out, check it out. Mm. Look at what my father did. Mm -mm. This is amazing. Mm. And that kind of attitude could be the the thing that that actually Christians bring, even in encountering something so category-defying, so significance kind of impacting as as alien life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That to me is it. That to me is it. Mm. Like because because okay, no disrespect. Mm. I'm not convinced about the alien thing. I'm like, sure. I'm sure. happy for. I'm, I'm not particularly trying to convince you. No, so. I don't. Yeah. I know. That, I know that's not what we're talking mm. about. But like, uh, maybe I'll follow NASA on Instagram or something. Like, I don't know. Do it, Percy. <laughs> Percy the Mars Rover. Percy. I love him. <laughs> I'll probably watch Arrival. It's, I've been, I mean, uh, uh, Contact, I've been waiting a long time. Contact. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got to get on. 
It's been 25 years. It's I gotta watch it. It's bad. Okay, I still gotta see it. <laughs> <laughs> Early McConaughey, I gotta see it. But I think the thing for me here is when it comes to like when it comes to my faith in who God is and what He's mm. done, it goes beyond the categories that exist. That to yeah. me is challenging. It's challenging right. yeah, in a yeah. way because it brings up my own, uh, I don't know, insecurity, mm. yeah. worries. Yeah. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or maybe it reveals probably the way that I limit how I view how big God is right. and what yeah, he's able yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I love what I'm hearing from you in that sense. Like, the gospel goes beyond even the categories of our mind. Yeah, yeah. Right? Fear doesn't have to end in it hasn't been discovered, therefore it can't be real. It begins, ah, maybe yes. this is it. Maybe this is where I should go in my, in my mind because I'm such a, Proverbs is my favorite book, you know, like the, yeah, right, right. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? That's mm. such a mm. challenging statement in my mind. Like, yes. yes. Maybe that's it. Like that fearing God is the beginning. Everything is underpinned mm. by everything we know, yes. could understand, do understand. It all yeah. begins with, with God and therefore, he can only be bigger than what I could imagine in the first place. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm satisfied. Awesome. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I can't believe we talked about this for as long as we have. But I, Love it. I'm so glad we did. That's good. <laughs> there it's you been go. fun. It's been really good. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Yeah, that really was fun. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Well, that was our conversation. Thanks for listening, and we hope it helps you have conversations of grace too. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, see ya.